Hello and welcome to the Unadorned Word, a daily Bible reading and devotional podcast. My name is Rosie G and I'm speaking to you from the beautiful Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. I really appreciate your time and I hope that you are as blessed by listening as I am by reading. The theme as we read through the Bible this first time is the milk and honey life, the life of risk and responsibility. It takes risk to get honey from bees. It takes responsibility to get milk from cows. A full life, a great life, is a mixture of risk and responsibility. We're now beginning Leviticus and I am so excited because Leviticus is one of those books that we all think, oh, it is such a difficult book to read. But there are joys in Leviticus. There are treasures in Leviticus. And I'm excited about reading this book. So our first Leviticus reading is Leviticus chapter 1 through to chapter 4. And we're reading, as usual, from the um, World English Bible, which is a copyright-free Bible found at ebible.org. Leviticus chapter 1. Yahweh called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and tell them, When any one of you offers an offering to Yahweh, you shall offer your offering from the of the livestock, from the herd and from the flock. If his offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he shall offer a male without defect. He shall offer it at the door of the tent of meeting, that he may be accepted before Yahweh. He shall lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make an atonement for him. He shall kill the bull before Yahweh. Aaron's sons, the priests, shall present the blood and sprinkle the blood around on the altar that is at the door of the tent of meeting. He shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron the priest shall put fire on the altar and lay wood in order on the fire, and Aaron's sons the priests shall lay the pieces, the head and the fat, in order on the wood that is on the fire, on the altar. But he shall wash its innards and its legs with water. The priest shall burn all of it on the altar for a burnt offering, an offering made by fire of a pleasant aroma to Yahweh. If his offering is from the flock, from the sheep or from the goats, for a burnt offering, he shall offer a male without defect. He shall kill it on the north side of the altar before Yahweh. Aaron's sons, the priests, shall sprinkle its blood around on the altar. He shall cut it in two pieces with its head and its fat. The priest shall lay them in order on the wood that is on the fire which is on the altar. But the innards and the legs he shall wash with water. The priest shall offer the whole and burn it on the altar. It is a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, of a pleasant aroma to Yahweh. If his offering to Yahweh is a burnt offering of birds, then he shall offer his offering from turtle doves or young pigeons. The priest shall bring it to the altar and wring off its head and burn it on the altar, and its blood shall be drained out on the side of the altar, 
and he shall take away its crop and its feathers, and cast it beside the altar, on the east part in the place of the ashes. He shall tear it by its wings, but shall not divide it apart. The priest shall burn it on the altar, on the wood that is on the fire. It is a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, of a pleasant aroma to Yahweh. Leviticus chapter 2 When anyone offers a meal offering to Yahweh, his offering shall be of fine flour. He shall pour oil on it and put frankincense on it. He shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. He shall take his handful of its fine flour and its oil with all its frankincense, and the priest shall burn its memorial on the altar, an offering made by fire of a pleasant aroma to Yahweh. That which is left of the meal offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is a most holy part of the offerings of Yahweh made by fire. When you offer a meal offering baked in the oven, it shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour mixed with oil, or unleavened wafers anointed with oil. If your offering is a meal offering made on a griddle, it shall be of unleavened fine flour mixed with oil. You shall cut it in pieces and pour oil on it. It is a meal offering. If your offering is a meal offering of the pan, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. You shall bring the meal offering that is made of these things to Yahweh. It shall be presented to the priest, and he shall bring it to the altar. The priest shall take from the meal offering its memorial, and shall burn it on the altar, an offering made by fire, of a pleasant aroma to Yahweh. That which is left of the meal offering shall belong to Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the offerings of Yahweh, made by fire. No meal offering which you shall offer to Yahweh shall be made with yeast, for you shall burn no yeast nor any honey as an offering made by fire to Yahweh. As an offering of first fruits, you shall offer them to Yahweh, but they shall not rise up as pleasant aroma on the altar. Every meal offering you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your meal offering. With all your offerings you shall offer salt. If you offer a meal offering of first fruits to Yahweh, you shall offer for the meal offering of your first fruits fresh heads of grain parched with fire and crushed. You shall put oil on it and lay frankincense on it. It is a meal offering. The priest shall burn the memorial part of its crushed grain and part of its oil along with all its frankincense. It is an offering made by fire to Yahweh. Leviticus 3 If his offering is a sacrifice of peace offerings, if he offers it from the herd, whether male or female, he shall offer it without defect before Yahweh. He shall lay his hand on the hand of his offering and kill it at the door of the tent of meeting. Aaron's sons, the priests, shall sprinkle the blood around on the altar. He shall offer the sacrifice of peace offerings, an offering made by fire to Yahweh. The fat that covers the innards and all the fat that is on the innards and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is by the loins, and the cover on the liver with the kidneys he shall take away. 
Aaron's sons shall burn it on the altar of burnt offering, which is on the wood that is set on the fire. It is an offering made by fire, a pleasant aroma to Yahweh. If his offering for a sacrifice of peace offerings to Yahweh is from the flock, either male or female, he shall offer it without defect. If he offers a lamb, then he shall offer it before Yahweh, and he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and kill it before the tent of meeting. Aaron's sons shall sprinkle its blood around on the altar. He shall offer from the sacrifice of peace offerings an offering made by fire to Yahweh. Its fat, the entire tail fat, he shall take away close to the backbone, and the fat that covers the entrails, and all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them which is by the loins, and the cover on the liver with the kidneys he shall take away. The priest shall burn it on the altar. It is the food of the offering made by fire to Yahweh. If his offering is a goat, then he shall offer it before Yahweh. He shall lay his hand on its head and kill it before the tent of meeting. And the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle its blood around on the altar. He shall offer from it as his offering, an offering made by fire to Yahweh, the fat that covers the innards and all the fat that is on the innards and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is by the loins, and the cover on the liver with the kidneys he shall take away. The priest shall burn them on the altar. It is the food of the offering made by fire for a pleasant aroma. All the fat is Yahweh's. It shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations, in all your dwellings, that you shall eat neither fat nor blood. Leviticus chapter 4 Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If any one sins unintentionally in any of the things which Yahweh has commanded not to be done, and does any one of them, if the anointed priest sins so as to bring guilt on the people, then let him offer for his sin, which he has sinned, a young bull without defect to Yahweh. It is for a sin offering. He shall bring the bull to the door of the tent of meeting before Yahweh, and he shall lay his hand on the head of the bull and kill the bull before Yahweh. The anointed priest shall take some of the blood of the bull and bring it to the tent of meeting. The priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle some of the blood seven times before Yahweh, before the veil of the sanctuary. The priest shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of sweet incense before Yahweh, which is in the tent of meeting, and he shall pour out the rest of the blood of the bull at the base of the altar of burnt offering, which is at the door of the tent of meeting. He shall take all the fat of the bull of the sin offering, the fat that covers the innards, the fat that is on the innards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them, which is by the loins, and the cover on the liver with the kidneys he shall remove, as it is removed from the bull of the sacrifice of peace offerings. The priest shall burn them on the altar of burnt offering. He shall carry the bull's skin, all its meat with its head and its legs, its innards and its dung, all the rest of the bull, outside of the camp to a clean place, where the ashes are poured out, and burn it on wood with fire. It shall be burned where the ashes are poured out.
If the whole congregation of Israel sins, and the thing is hidden from the eyes of the assembly, and they have done any of the things which Yahweh has commanded not to be done, and are guilty when the sin in which they have sinned is known, then the assembly shall offer a young bull for a sin offering, and bring it before the tent of meeting. The elders of the congregation shall lay their hands on the head of the bull before Yahweh, and the bull shall be killed before Yahweh. The anointed priest shall bring some of the blood of the bull to the tent of meeting. The priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle it seven times before Yahweh, before the veil. He shall put some of the blood on the horns of of the altar, which is before Yahweh, that is in the tent of meeting, and the rest of the blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering, which is at the door of the tent of meeting, All its fat he shall take from it and burn it on the altar. Thus shall he do with the bull, as he did with the bull of the sin offering. So shall he do with this. And the priest shall make atonement for them, and they shall be forgiven. He shall carry the bull outside the camp and burn it as he burned the first bull. It is the sin offering for the assembly. When a ruler sins and unwittingly does any one of all the things, which Yahweh his God has commanded not to be done, and is guilty. If his sin in which he has sinned is made known to him, he shall bring us his offering, a goat, a male without defect. He shall lay his hand on the head of the goat and kill it in the place where they kill the burnt offering before Yahweh. It is a sin offering. The priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering. He shall pour out the rest of its blood at the base of the altar of burnt offering. All its fat he shall burn on the altar, like the fat of the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin, and he will be forgiven. If any one of the common people sins unwittingly in doing any of the things which Yahweh has commanded not to be done and is guilty, If his sin which he has sinned is made known to him, then he shall bring for his offering a goat, a female without defect, for his sin which he has sinned. He shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and kill the sin offering in the place of burnt offering. The priest shall take some of its blood with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering, and the rest of its blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar. All its fat he shall take away, like the fat is taken away from the sacrifice of peace offerings, and the priest shall burn it on the altar for a pleasant aroma to Yahweh. And the priest shall make atonement for him, and he will be forgiven. If he brings a lamb as his offering for a sin offering, he shall bring a female without defect. He shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and kill it for a sin offering in the place where they kill the burnt offering. The priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering, and all the rest of its blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar. He shall remove all its fat like the fat of the lamb is removed from the sacrifice of peace offerings. The priest shall burn them on the altar, on the offerings of Yahweh made by fire. The priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin that he has sinned, and he will be forgiven.
Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Unadorned Word, and our reading today was Leviticus chapter 1 through to chapter 4. Leviticus 1, 3. If his offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he shall offer a male without defect. He shall offer it at the door of the tent of meeting, that he may be accepted before the Lord. What does a desert living, recently released from slavery, ordinary Israelite know about God? An Israelite like you and me, who just goes about their daily life, doing their work, looking after the family. What does an Israelite in that time know about God? Because that's one of the things that will give us a clue and give us um, help in understanding Leviticus. Because Leviticus is so far removed from our culture and our way of life. It's a sacrificial system, completely different to anything that we know. So the more we understand about the regular Israelite living at this time, the more we can understand what God has for us in this book. We grew up, many of us, we grew up with the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We grew up with a knowledge, however vague, of the cross and an understanding, if incomplete, that in some way that cross is for us. Those of us from Western culture have laws that are still based on the Judeo-Christian traditions. There is a thread through our culture and our history of God and his story. But what about Zach and Abigail Israelite? What do they know about God? They know that they've come from a family that has had promises from God. They know about Abraham and the covenant. They know about Joseph and how God saved Egypt and many others, including their family from famine. But these things took place around 400 years ago. What do you know about your society and culture 400 years ago? We live in times of great change and what we have now in the 21st century is very different from what was 1700. The Israelite at that time, life hadn't changed that much in 400 years. And the oral traditions means that the stories are well known and remembered faithfully. But it is still a long time. And suddenly, after all this time, after this 400 years, God has reappeared in the life of the Israelites and some very scary events have taken place. The plagues of Egypt, the angel of death and the slaying of Egypt's firstborn, the plundering of the Egyptians and the escape of the Israelites, the pursuit of the Egyptians. Imagine their relief and amazement when the sea parted. Relief that quickly turns to fear as the Egyptians follow them into the seabed. The Egyptians are warriors, not held back by old people, babies, children, livestock and all the accoutrements of family life. And when suddenly that sea wall fell, 
and the Egyptian army was completely decimated. The jubilation and excitement was wonderful. They were free, really, truly free. Their enemy crushed and broken, God had brought them out of oppression and slavery. Why had he done that? He wanted relationship with them. He wanted to dwell with them. But he wasn't safe. God wasn't safe. Look at what had happened to the Egyptians. And what about the Israelites when they were rioting? Gone, slain. Moses, the friend of God. His face was so changed by his encounter with God that the Israelites couldn't look at him. When people looked at God, they died. This was the most frightening and exciting time. God had given Moses plans for a tabernacle, a sacred space where God and man could meet. They had built it. Everyone had given. Those who were skilled had created beautiful furniture, coverings, tables, a lamp, anointing oils and fragrant incense. Everything was ready for any Israelite who could take an offering. And you didn't need to be wealthy. You could offer a bull if you were wealthy. You could offer a bull or a goat. But if you were poor, you only needed to take a dove or a young pigeon. And with that burnt offering, you could enter sacred space. You could enter into God's presence. The word translated atonement here with a burnt offering, it's nothing to do with sin. Later, there are sin and guilt offerings. This same word, translated atonement, is used back in Genesis when Jacob is going towards his brother Esau. And do you remember that as he was walking along, he sent small groups of sheep and cattle, each with a servant for his brother. And he says, with this gift, I will pacify him, appease him, perhaps he will forgive me. In the same way, the Israelite comes before God with the burnt offering, saying, I know I'm not fit to enter your sacred space. Please accept me. Please allow me to enter your sacred space and live. God did accept those burnt offerings. And the Israelite, the regular Israelite, for the first time, he can meet with God and not die. He can enter the presence of God and he can continue to live. He can now come into relationship with God. And now, we don't need the blood of bulls and goats, of sheep and pigeons and doves to enter into the presence of God. Because we have a saviour, Jesus, and his sacrifice meant that we can just come before God without fear and without the sacrifice of an animal. God created a way, first for the Israelites, to enter into sacred space. And that way showed a path to the future. Thank you 
for listening to the Unadorned Word. I hope that you've enjoyed the reading and the devotional. And I hope that um, you will take some time today to enter into the presence of God. You don't need the, the blood of bulls or goats because the blood of Jesus has made a way for you. So take some moments today and enter into his presence and build your relationship with him. Thank you for listening and I hope you'll join us again tomorrow for our second reading from Leviticus.